بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوهم وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحم In the previous session we talked about Quran coming to us after انزال or تنزيل Inshallah, we'll talk later about Inzal and Tanzil. After Inzal or Tanzil, Quran has come to us without departing the place that it used to be there. So it's not that the Quran was in Lohe Mahfuz or in Ummul Kitab or in Kitab Maknun. You know all these things. It's not that Quran was there and left it and came to us. No. Quran has not left that position, that place. And indeed I said, it seems to me that anything which is in that world, when it comes to this world, still would remain there. It's not that it went be uh, missing there it will disappear there and just comes here it's a kind of manifestation of the same thing which is there in a form which is suitable for this world like an angel an angel is not a worldly being is it clear an angel is not a worldly being so, if an angel takes the form of a human being or takes the form of a pigeon, uh, angels can take different forms. They can take the form of human beings, they can take form of birds, animals, except dog and pig. Okay? Angels can take form of animals, except dog and pig, and human beings. So, if an angel comes in the form of a human being, it doesn't mean that that angel has become a worldly being, a material being. Okay? Like the story of Lady Maryam, salamullah alayha, that Allah says, فَتَمَثَّلَ لَهَا بَشَرًا سَوِيَّا تَمَثَّلَ لَهَا بَشَرًا سَوِيَّا It didn't really become a human being it appeared it took the image or the form of a bashar a human being but was not a bashar so the quran after nuzul has come to this world in what form in the form of a book of a word qawl kalam Hadith, inshallah, we will explain all these things. In the Quran itself, sometimes we use qawl 
Sometimes we say hadith, sometimes it's kalam. Means a speech, means word. Quran has come to us in a form of word. Arabic words, clear words. Okay? Muhkam and mutashabe words. Am and khas. Mutlaq and muqayyad. Mujmal and mubayyan. These are all related to the wordly manifestation of the Quran. This is a text. Okay? Inna ja'alnahu Qur'anan arabiyan la'allakum ta'aqilun. But Quran still has the position which is very close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِنَّهُ فِي أُمِّ الْكِتَابِ لَدَيْنَا لَعَدِيٌّ حَكِيمٌ The Quran is in the mother of the book, in Lohe Mahfuz. لَدَيْنَا لَدَيْنَا means very close to us. لَعَلِيٌّ Quran is in very high position. And Hakim. Quran is Hakim. Quran is wise. Okay? So Quran is manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's wisdom and knowledge and rahmah and shifa, everything that comes from Allah. The roots of those are, of course, essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but they have manifested in the word of God. And we have a manifestation of manifestation or representation of the manifestation or tajalli of that manifestation and still it is something that after 14 centuries we can be saying without any hesitation we have not understood a lot about the Quran we have understood very little only about this side of the Quran that side we said la yamassuhu illal mutahharun but even about this side even about the linguistic side of the quran what we can understand by reflection on the quran still is very little you see great ulama when after many decades of study and reading all the tafasir which have already been written and discussing when they compile a book of tafsir which is amazing then you see after a few decades there is such advancement in the knowledge of tafsir that you see now there are many many new things that were not touched there was a time that for example we had tafsir of Tibyan by Sheikh Tusi as very detailed and very important tafsir. Still it is very important, alhamdulillah. May Allah send his rahmah to Sheikh Tusi Rizwanullah ta'ala alayhi and all ulama. He has done great service to Islam. But tafsir of Sheikh Tusi, tafsir of with all the respect compared to Tafsir of Majma'ul Bayan and then Majma'ul Bayan compared to Al-Mizan shows great advancement. 
And Al-Mizan still is not end of the story. Now we have, you know, some works on tafsir by students of Allah Metabata, by like Ayatollah Jawadi Amuli, which are very great. And I am sure we are just continuing. This is not going to come to an end. Many, many new things can be learned from the Quran. And this is just the side of the Quran which is available to us for reflection, for understanding, and that is Quran and Arabian. The other side needs more of a spiritual upliftment, a spiritual purification. Even this side needs that. But still there is possibility that maybe a person who is not a pious person understands things from the Quran which are new. Or for example, a pious person understands and then he shares with us. Yeah? When Allah Tabatabai explains, then everyone can learn. But that side is only for the people who are mutahhar, the people who are purified. And if someone can see the Quran in that face of the Quran, then would not be able to forget would fall in love with the Quran so that Quran will be for him everything. As Imam Zainul Abidin said, if I have Quran, I will not feel lonely even if all people in the East and the West, from the East to the West, they die. Okay. Now we want to discuss a few things. The first thing is a remaining point from last week that I ask you to remind me about the relation, the interaction between this world and the other world. I don't mean by other world hereafter, I mean the universe of Endiyat. Although hereafter and that world are, are very much connected. May Allah inshallah help me to explain this inshallah well. These are two separate worlds, okay? Dunya and the other world, Mulk and Malakut, or Alam Khalq and Alam Amr, these are two different worlds. They are not totally disconnected in the sense that there is no interaction. There is interaction. But they are separate. What happens in this world, it can be a worldly phenomenon. Then it would not be reflected there. So, for example, if my soul my spirit, okay, which is a reality that essentially belongs to that world, but has connection with my body. So if something happens to my body, it can affect my soul, okay? It can affect my soul. 
But sometimes something happens to my body that would not affect my soul. Although the soul is one of the things which is just like on the edge. Because part of it is, because ulama say that nafs is mujarrad, is abstract in essence. One of its actions is not abstract. Okay? So human soul is something which has connection with, between these two worlds. But sometimes a thing happens to body that is not reflected in the soul. Like what? Maybe a person loses his memory. Imagine a person, because of an accident or illness, loses his or her memory. So if you ask him, who is your God? Who is your Lord? Maybe he cannot answer. Who is your Imam? Who is your Prophet? Maybe after many years of praying, he cannot pray. Or there are people that they start praying, then they forget. You know, I don't know if you have had people around that, you know, they have Alzheimer, you know. So sometimes they start and then they forget that they were praying. Okay. Are these things that we see in body of the person and in the worldly side of that person showing that this person now has lost his or her faith, her iman, her position with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is affected? He was a very good mu'min, now has this illness or accident. So everything is finished? Everything is erased? No. It doesn't mean that. N with this challenge which has been caused for the interaction between body and soul, now what happens in this world, and we can see through the motions of the body, would not necessarily reflect the position of the soul. Or if a person is in a vegetative state, like a person has brain death, okay? When we look at the body of this person, we think that this person doesn't understand anything. This person, you know, maybe we feel very sorry for this person. But this doesn't show that the soul is doesn't understanding or the soul is in a bad situation. Maybe the soul is already in Barzakhi heaven. Maybe he is much more happier than us. We just cannot understand the condition of the soul by looking at the body of this person. And by looking at what is body exhibiting. Okay? Even the brain death, yes. But sometimes the connection between the soul and body is normal. So by talking to someone, by watching someone, you can guess what is in the mind of the person or in the soul of the person because mind in this sense is also part of the soul. Yeah? If I watch someone speaking or doing something or if I have, you know, interview with someone, I can understand many things about his soul in a normal situation. So, 
sometimes body and what through body is done by that person in this world helps us to get into the spirit of that person to some extent and understand what is happening in the other side. And sometimes the door is closed. We cannot understand what is happening in the other side. Okay? This is about human beings. Then we have things which are even more abstract, like angels. Angels are not like human beings who have some connection with this world because, as I said, nafs is abstract in essence, but in action is maddi, is not abstract, is you know, ma material. But if there is angel, angel is totally beyond our reach in dunya. In dunya, we don't see, we don't feel, we don't smell anything about angels. Yeah, this is ghayb. We don't understand. Okay? So, sometimes there is some kind of connection that we understand. Sometimes there is connection we don't understand. But the angels have active role in dunya. It's not that angels have nothing to do in dunya. Angels do lots of things in dunya. Al-mudabbirat amra. Angels are like agents for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They do many things. But we don't see. We don't understand. Okay? So. Pardon? Yeah. Mujarradun zatan. Mujarradun zatan. Maddiyun fi'lan. In fail, in action. Yeah, this is uh, for philosophy. Inshallah, in philosophy, you will see that there are five types of johar, five types of substance. One type of substance is nafs, which is mujarradun zatan, but it is maddi in uh, action, in fail. Okay, so angels. Yes. Yes. Matter in what sense? You mean material? Yeah. But, but uh, in philosophy, when we say maddi, is more uh, bro is broader than maddi or matter in physics. In physics, when we say something is madde or is matter, has to be three-dimensional. In philosophy, when we say something is uh, madde, it means that it has qawwe, it has potential. So it can be something which is in physics considered as matter, and it can be something else. So there are things which are not in physics matter, but in, like for example, energy. Even energy from philosophical point of view is material. Is Maddi. Yes. Okay. So, the angels, okay, do lots of things in this dunya. But we don't see. We don't understand. Okay? Actually, one of the reasons why we need revelation 
is because of our limit in our understanding. There is great part of reality that we don't understand by our own senses or our own reason. It's religion that can teach us these things. One of the jobs of the prophet is to stress on what you can know by yourself. But another job is to teach you what you could not understand by yourself. So there is sometimes interaction and we can understand like normal situation of body and soul. Sometimes there is interaction and we cannot understand like angels doing something here. Okay? One of the things that you have to know is that those things that in dunya are very important for us and we have a high regard and value for them may not have necessarily the same value in akhirah or in alam amr or in alam malakut for example to be famous some people do everything in order to be famous even it's not important whether they are famous for good things or for bad things. <laughs> Some people just want to be famous. Like brother of Hatam Ta'i. He was jealous that why his brother is admired by everyone. And he had no good quality or good action to make him respected and admirable. So you know what he did. He urinated in Zamzam so that he becomes famous. So... Sometimes some people want to be famous in a notorious way. But even if you are famous for good reasons. Okay. For example, you have done some services and people give you all their, I don't know, recognition and they admire you. They, you know, uh, do everything. They have events for you. Does this mean that this is improving your situation in that world? Does it mean that your spirit is becoming better, is improving, is growing, is getting per more perfect? Not necessarily. People can praise you day and night and all the channels and radio stations and newspapers and websites, people can praise you, but this doesn't mean necessarily you have grown, you have ascended in the other world. What's the concept of Nisal? Can we do repentance for, for example, our parents who can be Tawbah in their behalf? Do they get benefit from that? Even there, that's a good question. If I do something for my parents from dunya, for example, if I make, for example, a kitchen that gives food to people day and night, does it mean that my parents are going to benefit? 
not necessarily. If I make a hospital, a schools for people, for my parents, are they necessarily benefiting from this? No. Why? Because food, giving food, giving service, making hospital, all these worldly things, things that happen in this dunya. You need to find a way to give to these things a, a spiritual reality. To, you need to do these things in the way that they would be significant in that world. Having a restaurant that gives food to people <laughs> doesn't mean anything in that world unless your intention your intention transform this worldly action into another type of action. Okay? So, the thing that happened in dunya necessarily don't show anything happening in the other world. We need to find some catalysts some transformers that can change these worldly things into a spiritual things. A very important part of it is Niyya. Niyya is very important. Because Niyya is what has the ability of giving a new identity to your action. It can give it a very good a spiritual status or identity to your action. It can make it very bad. Sometimes the niya is bad. So in Alam Malakut, this action with bad niya not only would not help, but indeed would be a trouble for me. It would be a thing that would lower my position. Everyone would be annoyed by this action. So you can have something that angels would enjoy when they see your action. You can do something that angels would be annoyed. Okay? So all the cleverness is needed here so that you transfer as much as you can from dunya to akhirah. If you are a good businessman, okay, angels are like signs. If angels get annoyed, it means that Allah is displeased. They, we look at them as indicators. So, if you are clever, if you are really a good businessman or businesswoman, you don't invest everything in dunya. Some people, they think they are very good businessmen, they invest everything in dunya. But if you are very good, you try to invest in akhirah. But how you can invest in akhirah? By transferring the things that you have in dunya into akhirah. As much as possible. How this transfer is taking place? 
through your niyya. And how niyya is improved? Through your understanding, through your ma'rifah, through your aqidah. It's your aqidah which is very important. It's your ma'rifah which is very important. Two people, maybe both of them are mu'min. Okay? Both of them are mu'min. And both of them have good niyyah. But one has ma'rifah, the other one doesn't have that much ma'rifah. The, the result is totally different. It's not only that, if you remember uh, in the first semester akhlaq, we said in Islamic theory of ethics, it's not just that we need good intention. Because in Kantian view, intention is very important. But we said in Islam we have even more about intention. Even there are different levels of good intention. And one factor is the ma'rifa, the understanding of the agent. So, we have to find out what are the best ways of transferring more to the other world. If we keep things in dunya and increase them only in dunya, they are not going to benefit us. We have to transfer. But this transfer is not something that can be happening physically, bodily, through banks. No. Even as I said, even if you make a kitchen to give free food to poor people, if you make hospital, if you make masjid, just building and donating and giving money and, I don't know, giving time, it still doesn't show that you have sent anything there. But if you do these things with good intention and good understanding, then they will be transferred there. Now, anything that remains in dunya is expiring and finished. First, it will finish for you. And second, it will finish altogether. For example, you may collect millions of pounds. Are you going to benefit from them? You, you use some of them and then you die. So for you, finishes. But then after some time, even for your children will finish. Okay? In the end, everything in dunya is finishing. But those things in dunya that have been done for the other world, they will be permanent. Because they have been made in another way. They, have belong, they belong to another world. One of the meanings of this ayah is this, one of the levels of understanding this ayah. كُلُّ شَيْءٍ حَالِكٌ إِلَّا وَجْهَةٌ Everything fin finishes, expires, except Vajhullah. What is Vajhullah? Or ma indakum yanfad wa ma indallahi baag. 
Whatever is with you will finish. Whatever is with Allah remains. What does it mean? It means that if you have these things in dunya, they will finish and expire. If you do them for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it means that you have transferred them from dunya to another world and they would be saved. You understand? So in this way you are saving them. Because that world is facing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and nothing there is going to expire. Yes. So, so we want from Allah good in dunya and good in akhirah. Yeah? But good in dunya can be like food, can be rizq, can be water, can be security, can be good children, good husband, good wife, good neighbor, good job. These are good in dunya. But we also want good in akhirah. We don't want just to have prosperity in dunya. We want prosperity also in akhirah. Or we don't want just prosperity in akhirah. We want prosperity also in dunya. So mu'minin, ask good of dunya and good of akhirah. Okay? But where is the main focus? Akhirah. Although in dunya we have to be trying our best to make dunya a good place to live for ourselves and other people. But dunya is not the main thing. The main thing is akhirah because that is our eternal life and that is going to be forever and dunya is temporary. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that mu'mineen ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala good of dunya and good of akhirah and also especially they are concerned about the punishment. Waqina, azab and nar. Yes. Vajhullah literally means face of God. And this is a term that you find it also in other religions. In Christianity also you find face of God. You know, in Judaism you find face of God. But we know that God doesn't have a body and doesn't have a face in the sense that we use for a human being or for an animal. What is Vajhullah? Vajh for everything is that side or that aspect. If it is physical, you can say that side. If it is a spiritual, you can say aspect. That side or aspect of something that if you pay attention to it, you have the maximum encounter with that thing. It's the vach of that thing. You get it? Yeah. It, when, when I have maximum encounter with you. When we have eye to eye contact. When my face is facing your face. Okay. We have maximum encounter. This is why we call this Vajh. If I 
for example, speak to someone from his behind. Still, I have encounter with that person. But this is not the maximum encounter. For two human beings, the maximum encounter is when this part of their body is facing this part of the body of the other person. Because of what? Why this part of body is very important? Because of eye, because of ear, and because of tongue. All the important means of communication are here. It's like command room. Yeah? Eye, and especially eyes are very important. There is something especially in eye. You know, uh, sometimes I think eye has the shortest distance to soul. By looking at the eyes of people, sometimes you can understand many things. But don't judge about people <laughs> by eyes. But sometimes it's like this. Eyes are very close to the soul, very close to the heart. Anyway, when two people... You have a question? Yes. So when two people have this type of encounter, they have the maximum encounter... So we say this is Vaj. Okay? So it's not that first we had the term Vaj for here and then. No, it's the opposite. So we call face that part of the body which has this ability to give you maximum encounter. Okay? Okay. With two human beings... To have the maximum encounter, we need, we need two things. I need my Vaj to be involved and his Vaj to be involved. Yeah? So even if I look with full attention to you, but your face is you know, fixed somewhere else, I don't have face-to-face, I don't have Muvajaha, I don't have maximum encounter with you. Okay? Maybe you are absent. Or maybe you are present, but you are looking at somewhere else. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, only your right direction is enough. You can look everywhere with attention and you can have maximum encounter with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Aynama tuwallu fathamma wajhullah. Means wherever you turn your face, Vajhullah is there, but turn your face. means go with attention. Okay? So if you want to find Allah and have maximum encounter with Him, you can have this everywhere. So, in reality, if you want to explain this further, Vajhullah can be anything if you know how to approach it. Means everything can be wajhullah if you approach it properly. Amir al-Mu'minin alayhi salam said, Ma sorry, ma ra'aytu shay'an illa wa qad ra'aytullaha qablahu wa ba'dahu wa ma'ah. I didn't see anything except that I saw Allah 
before it, after it, and with it. For example, if I was looking at this side, and then I looked here, I saw Allah here. But also I saw Allah there. And also in the next movement of my eye, still I will see Allah. Because Allah is everywhere. Okay? So, if you are able to have proper approach, everything can reflect Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything can be showing you Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Provided that you know that you should not look at them, you should look through them. This is very important. If you look at them, they will blind you. If you look through them, you will find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Like for example, if I put a mirror in front of you, and you just look at the mirror, say, mashallah, good glass, you know, where is it made? You know, it's very transparent, very smooth. Then the mirror is blinding you. But if you look through mirror, then you can see. There is a beautiful hadith uh, Amir al-Mu'mini says about dunya. He says, Man absara ilayha a'amathu. Man absara biha basarathu. If you look at dunya, it will make you blind. If you look through dunya and with usage of dunya look, you become basir. Dunya can make you insightful and able to see. So, when it comes to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the things are very easy, in a sense. Why? Because Allah's attention, presence, is everywhere. We are the only problem. If we have proper approach, we can find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Everywhere. Yeah? If we don't have proper approach, even in masjid, we cannot find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even in salat, we cannot find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even in Mecca and Medina, we cannot find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If we don't have proper approach. What makes your approach a right approach is to go beyond this dunya. Use these things in dunya, but as windows, as gates, to go through them and connect to the other world. And in the first place, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then you try to transfer things as much as possible to that dunya. But how can you transfer? Sometimes you do transfer by sending the same thing there. For example, I have 1,000 pounds. I send this 1,000 pounds to another country. And I'm going to use it. But sometimes you have to change. If I take pound to that country, maybe it's not useful. Yeah, I have to change. If someone is going, for example, to go to moon... And there are millions of pounds in moon. All notes, new notes. What can you do in moon with notes? You have to change these notes into some good, like food, I don't know, other things that can be useful there. 
So, for transferring from dunya to akhira, you have to transform, you have to convert to have change, and then transfer. Actually, you don't need to transfer. When it is transformed, it's automatically there. Yeah? Because when something is transformed to a spiritual world, it's already there. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to take with you. Sometimes we say, you know, for example, we should take good things with us to Akhirah. But in reality, you don't need to take good things. Even before you die, your good things are there. They go faster than you. You don't need to worry about carrying good deeds there. They go themselves there. Something I want to mention about the Quran at the end of this session is about Quran being fresh. If, inshallah, I can explain this point also, it would be very good. Otherwise, we have to do it next week. Imam Baqir alayhi salam says, لِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ رَبِيعٌ Everything has a season in which it becomes very fresh. Rabi' means spring. وَالرَّبِيعُ الْقُرْآنِ شَهْرُ رَمَضَانِ The spring season for Quran is the month of Ramadan. Uh, I have been reading this hadith for many years. But then, a few years ago, uh, when we had this course, Understanding Quran in the months of Ramadan in Islamic Center, I came to a new understanding. Because normally when we read this hadith, we think that, okay, in the months of Ramadan, because everyone recites Quran, so Quran is now being receiving more attention, you know, so it's a, you know, like a uh, hot season for the Quran. But then I thought hadith is saying something more than this. For everything there is a spring. But for what type of things there is a spring? For example, if there is a metal, is metal having a spring? Metal doesn't have a spring. Something which can have life then has a spring. Like a tree. A tree has a spring. And that is when there is a new life, freshness, yeah? You see that very light green leaves come and activity, okay? Or sometimes the whole land is now revived. As many times Allah says in the Quran about revival of the land. In winter is like being dead. In winter is like dead, but in spring is new life, which Allah compares this also and likens this to resurrection. We also normally in spring, 
we have a good feeling, yeah? Because weather is becoming nice, nature is becoming nice, yeah? Especially in Iran, we feel very good because we have two week holidays <laughs> for schools and uh, universities. Anyway, a spring is a time of being refreshed, being energized, being more vital, more vibrant. So, Imam Bagher says, everything has a spring, means everything which admits different conditions, and everything which has life has a spring. And for Quran, the months of Ramadan, it's the spring. Then I put this to some other, next to some other hadith. Another hadith is about freshness of the Quran. Imam Reza salam in a hadith which is narrated by Shaykh Saduq in Uyun Akbar al-Rida. An al-Rida alayhi salam. An abihi. Imam Reza narrates from Imam Kazim alayhi salam. And Imam Kazim alayhi salam says, Inna rajulan sa'ala Abu Abdullah alayhi salam. Imam Kazim said, a person asked Imam Bagr alayhi salam, Imam, Imam Sadiq alayhi salam, ma balul Qur'an la yazdadu ala nashri wa dars illa ghadadah. Ghadadah, ghain and vad. Ghain and vad. Ghadadah. The person asked Imam Sadiq what is the situation with the Quran? That the more you study Quran, the more you know you read the Quran, it becomes more fresh. Yes. Ma balul Quran. Means what is happening with the Quran? What is the situation of the Quran? La yazdadu. عَلَى النَّشْرِ وَالدَّرْسِ إِلَّا غَضَاضَةً means غَضَاضَةً means the more you spread the Qur'an or you know study the Qur'an, reflect on the Qur'an, recite the Qur'an it will only increase غَضَاضَةً غَضَاضَةً means freshness you know anything, for example you buy a book yeah, the first time you read it, it's new. The second time, almost new. But after a few times, it becomes boring, maybe. Yeah? Or if it is not boring, it's not fresh. Maybe it's not boring, but it's not fresh. If you, for example, go to a place once, it's new. But if you go a few times, it's not new. When you buy a car, the first few days or first few weeks, it's new. Then after some time, it's not new. But why? Quran is always new. Why Quran is always fresh? Imam Sadiq said, this is very important. لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى 
لم یجعلهو لزمان دون زمان ولا لناس دون ناس because الله سبحانه وتعالى didn't make Quran for one particular time and not another time or for one particular group of people and not other people so the Quran is not given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a certain time or a certain group of people فَهُوَ فِي كُلِّ زَمَانٍ جَدِيدٍ In every time, every age, Quran is new. وَعِنْدَ كُلِّ قَوْمٍ غَضٌ إِلَى يَوْمِ الْغِيَامَةِ And with every group of people, Quran is fresh till the day of judgment. What does it mean? First of all, we understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't only think or consider the people in the time of advent of Islam. It's not that only the people of that age and that time were addressed. Quran is not given only to them. Quran has been given to them, but also Quran has been given to us. This is very important. Normally, we don't look at it in this way. We think that Quran has been given to them, but it is also valid for us. Yeah, Allah has given to them Quran, but we can also benefit because this message is universal and eternal. <coughs> but the hadith says, no, you have equal share. You people who are here this age and time, <coughs> for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you are as important and you are as much meant that those people were meant. <coughs> I'm not talking about individuals, of course. I'm not talking about Rasulullah, I'm not talking about Imams, but I'm talking about people. As people, as human beings, Allah also wanted Quran for us. You know, you know it makes a big difference. You know, sometimes I give a book to my child and I say, keep it for yourself. Sometimes I give a book to my child, but I say you can share it with other people. Sometimes I give a book to all the children, my child and other children, the same. You understand the difference? If the book is given to my child, and even if I say you can share with other people, but they are not meant. They are not the first receiver. Yeah, it's for my child, but you can also benefit. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given Quran to all of us. We have to be very honored that Allah has given Quran to all of us. But we can understand even something further. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
right from the beginning has given Quran for all people. But has Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala given the Quran to all generations in that time? Or Allah has given Quran to every generation in their own time. This is a big change in attitude. If we say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given Quran to all generations, but in that particular time, it means that we are somehow limited in what we can benefit from the Quran. In the way the Quran has been revealed. But if we say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the beginning has meant the Quran to be for all generations in their own times, it means that this book is a living book. This book visits every generation in their own time, in their own context. Do you understand? It's making big difference. It's like an alim. Imagine if there is an alim who lived 1,000 years ago, but spoke to us. Okay? It's very good. Alhamdulillah, he spoke to us. But this is very much different from an alim who has lived with all the generation and now is speaking to us. Do you understand? If Quran is for all people and for all times and ages, it means that Quran is living with us. Quran is alive. Okay? Now add this to the freshness of the Quran. Another hadith. Imam Reza alayhi salam says, لا يخلق من الأزمنة خلق is different from خلق in the sense of creation خلق sometimes when something is becoming old and is you know sorn out this is one another meaning of خلق لا يخلق من الأزمنة it means that by the passage of time, Quran is not affected. Quran doesn't become outdated or, you know, becomes old. You know, time, you know, everything by the passage of time, everything in dunya, of course, by passage of time can be affected. Yeah. If you have a new, I don't know, building, new painting. Yeah. But time can affect it. But Quran is not like this. وَلَا يَغِثُ عَلَى الْأَلْسِنَةِ By With your permission And is not Being affected And becoming again old And losing its freshness By many times repeating And reciting and reading it Okay Why لَأَنَّهُ لَمْ يُجْعَلْ لِزَمَانٍ دُونَ زَمَانٍ Quran has not been made for one time 
instead of other times. Quran has been made a guide and a hujjah for all people. لا يأتيه الباطل من بين يديه ولا من خلفه تنزيل من حكيم حميد Falsehood cannot come to the Quran cannot reach the Quran from any uh, direction whether it's from front or behind means from no direction falsehood can reach because if Quran was affected by the passage of time does it mean that falsehood is getting into it when an idea becomes affected by time it means that it's no longer that true that it used to be yeah so it means that it's falsehood which is going into it now my last evidence This is also Imam Raza alayhi salam. The last hadith is about the relation between Quran and Laylatul Qadr. Dawood ibn Farqad qala sami'tu rajulan سأل أبا عبد الله عليه السلام عن ليلة القدر. He says I heard a person asking Imam Sadiq about ليلة القدر, the night of قدر. How good were the companions of Imams? They were making note, taking note of everything and registering. And now, Alhamdulillah, we can benefit from. The question was this. Whom did he ask question? Imam Sadiq Please inform me about Laylatul Qadr. The question is continuing. Was Laylatul Ghadr something that happened in a particular time or it is repeating every year? Very important question. Is Laylatul Ghadr one Laylatul Ghadr in which Quran was revealed? Okay, the question was perhaps this in his mind. Was Laylatul Qadr one Laylatul Qadr in which Quran was revealed? Or Laylatul Qadr is, uh, is happening every year? Okay? So, look at the answer. Faqala Abu Abdullah alayhi salam. Imam Sadiq alayhi salam said, Law rufa'at Laylatul Qadr. If Laylatul Qadr is removed, if Laylatul Qadr is not happening every year, La al Quran. Quran was taken back by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
This is very important hadith, very important. What does it mean? It means that, in my understanding, maybe I am wrong, but my understanding with all these hadith that we mentioned is this, that every year, In Laylatul Qadr, we have the beginning of the year. Yeah? New year starts. Okay? But this new year is not only for us. It's not that all the affairs for the 12 months are decided for us in Laylatul Qadr. It's not just that. It's, it is true, but it's not just that. Even for Quran, Laylatul Qadr is beginning of a new year. And the spring is the beginning of the new year for the Quran, which is the month of Ramadan. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in my understanding, in every Laylatul Qadr, In a sense, in a sense, don't get me wrong. In a sense, is giving us Quran again. In a sense, Quran is being revealed again. The light and energy is being to us again through the Quran. So, there is a sense of continuity in the revelation of the Quran. In a sense, revelation finished after 23 years. No new, new verse, uh, verses, no new surah, nothing will be added to the Quran. Okay? It's fixed. Okay? But this book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we have, okay, every year is refreshed. I give you an example to understand. The, it's very difficult to understand this without example. I already gave you some examples that you later reflect on, like the alim who was there and spoke to us, and the alim who is with us. But I give you another example. Sometimes a person gives you a picture. Okay? For example, you have a picture of your father. Or mother and whenever you miss your father or mother you look at the picture when was this picture taken maybe 20 years ago maybe 30 years ago what do you see in that picture although you see the father or mother but you see the father in the condition that he or she had 20 30 years ago maybe by now your father has become very old. Yeah? Maybe his hair was black, now his hair is white or gray. Maybe his, your father is ill. Maybe your father is dead. So although this is a still a picture of your father, but this picture shows your father in a condition that he had 20, 30 years ago. Okay? When we say Quran is a manifestation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's a book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
does it mean that Quran shows the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke for the people of that time and according to their condition? No. Quran is speaking about today. So it's like what? It's like a live picture. A live picture, like a picture that you have on mirror. As soon as there is a change, it's reflected. The picture is always fresh. When you see someone in mirror, it's very much different from seeing someone on a printed picture. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book is not like a person writing a book and then maybe after 10 years, 20 years, his ideas change. Maybe, you know, he has now new ideas. Because the book only shows the idea of the author when the book was written. You know, when you write a book, the book almost, not 100%, almost it uh, loses its connection with you. If you become a better person or worse person, if you become more knowledgeable or usual knowledge, the book is there. But imagine of a book that someone writes and always the book comes along with that person. And the book always shows that person. Do you understand the difference? So, every year, in my understanding, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again is talking to us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again is sending light to us through the Quran. Therefore, if we understand new things from the Quran, it's not because we are becoming more clever or it's because for example we are just benefiting from the scholarship of other ulama quranic studies is not like a study of biology or physics or chemistry in biology physics chemistry our knowledge evolves why because we benefit from the experience of other people okay and then we build upon it. But in Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is revealing more and more to us. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is meaning to guide us every year. Allah is meaning to guide humanity when they go through new challenges. So, it, so it's a connection, it's a rope which is always held by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this rope, depending on our situation, keeps guiding us. Do you understand the point? This is very important. So, every generation should be going back to the Quran and being 100% sure that in the Quran you have the answer for your problems of today. Not that we find answers of the Quran for the problems of 14 centuries ago and we try to bring those uh, answers here. 
Do you understand the difference? We are not bringing or exporting the answers were given to 14th century now. We want to understand the answer the Quran gives us right now because Quran is a live book. Quran is not a dead book. If inshallah we become more pious and more honest, Quran can speak to you in the way that has not spoken to anyone else. This is possible. Quran can speak. Inshallah, I will read for you some hadith that says Quran has all the things that you need inside and ask the Quran to speak to you. But unfortunately, the Quran doesn't speak to us. Why? Because we are not qualified. This is why we refer to Ahlul Bayt, but it's possible if we purify ourselves and we approach the Quran with proper manner, Quran guides us. Okay, I stop here. Inshallah, please reflect on these. If you have any ideas, you know, discuss with your friends and then inshallah bring those ideas inshallah next session. Because this is a way that we want to understand better, inshallah.